Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Well, hello there, friends and faithful listeners, and happy hump day. This is Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast. And today we are going to be reading Deuteronomy 2, verses 14 through 25 today. So make sure to grab your Bible and your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and join along as we read this portion of scripture together. And yeah, I've got nothing else to say. So I'm just going to jump right into this portion of scripture and we can start discussing this. Once again, that is Deuteronomy 2 verses 14 through 25. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. The days in which we came from Kadesh Barnea until we came over the brook Zered were 38 years until all the congregation of the men of war were consumed from the middle of the camp as Yahweh swore to them. Moreover, Yahweh's hand was against them to destroy them from the middle of the camp until they were consumed. So when all the men of war were consumed and dead from among the people, Yahweh spoke to me, saying, You are to pass over Ar, the border of Moab, today. When you come near the border of the children of Ammon, don't bother them, nor contend with them, for I will not give you any of the land of the children of Ammon for a possession, because I have given it to the children of Lot for a possession. That also is considered a land of Rephium. Rephium lived there in the past, but the Ammonites called them Zamzumin, a great people, many and tall as the Anakim. But Yahweh destroyed them from before Israel, and they succeeded them and lived in their place, as he did for the children of Esau who dwell in Seir when he destroyed the Horites from among them, and they succeeded them, and lived in their place even to this day. Then the Avim, who lived in villages as far as Gaza, the Kaftorim, who came out of Kaftor, destroyed them and lived in their place. Rise up, take your journey, and pass over the valley of the Arnon. Behold, I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon and his land. Begin to possess it, and contend with him in battle. Today I will begin to put the dread of you and the fear of you on the peoples who are under the whole sky, who shall hear the report of you, and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. Alrighty, so we know that Deuteronomy, I've said this every single time, you might be sick of me saying this at this point, <laughs> Deuteronomy is a retelling of the law. However, I'm going to continue to restate that so that you guys don't forget and that anybody that's new coming on the podcast knows what's going on. So what is happening in Deuteronomy so far is Moses is basically retelling the law. And so he's retelling the law to the new generation of Israelites. So what had just happened before was that he was retelling how the first generation fell, how they went through the, the great rebellion. And then after that, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And so then Moses kind of mentioned, we talked talked about this the other day, how God was not going to allow the Israelites to take certain pieces of land, specifically from the Moabites and also from the Edomites, because the Edomites and the Moabites were actually distant relatives from the Israelites. And God had also blessed those nations in a different way, not calling them his children, but he still blessed them because um, they were related to Abraham, I suppose. <laughs> But anyway, now we see here that 38 years had passed because here's what's going on. In verse 14, it says, In the days which we came from Kadesh Barnea until we had come over the brook Zered were 38 years. Let's just think about the uh, nation of Israel surviving in the wilderness for 38 years, being promised that the promised land is going to come. Think about that. And even bring it close to home, actually. Think about a time when you had to wait for something. 
like something that you were super excited about and you hoped for, like maybe a new house, or maybe you're going through a a season of hoping and waiting right now, just think about that and think about how the Israelites were probably feeling for 38 whole years. And don't forget, a lot of these children were probably in their mid 40s, if not older at this point, waiting and waiting and waiting for this promised, promised land. (laughs) So, I mean, you just imagine how eager they must be to finally take it. 38 years have passed and they crossed over this brook Zared. I don't know where that's at, but the first generation, it says, were consumed. In other words, they died in the wilderness, exactly what God said was going to happen. God said, you're going to die in the wilderness because of your rebellion. So it says here in verses 14 all the way through 16, it says the entire first generation was basically um, dead at this point besides Moses. I think Moses actually was the last one alive out of the entire uh, generation that had rebelled. Moses was the last alive. And that was God's mercy, of course, on Moses to see, for Moses to see it all the way through, except for at the very end when he eventually gives it over to Joshua. And then Joshua takes the people into the promised land. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's right. Moses dies. But we already knew that. We already knew Joshua was going to take it over. But Moses was the last person alive at this point in time is kind of what it sounds like. The entire first generation died off and the second generation is left. So now they're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for someone to bring them into the promised land that God had promised them. I can imagine just like how frustrated they were. Like just me, like I have gone through times where I've had to wait in my life and I just I feel sick about it. Like I don't want to wait, especially nowadays in our like instant gratification culture we we want things now right we don't want to wait for things but even so it's it's human nature to want not want to wait it's human nature to want to be instantly gratified and i mean there's been plenty of times and i'm currently going through a waiting period right now actually where god has told me to wait but going back to the israelites here they finally pass over this brook zared after 38 years and god says here in verse 18 they're like He says, you are to pass over Ar, the border of Moab today. You're going to reach the children of Ammon, but you're not going to bother them. And (laughs) here's why I asked you guys to think about this is because 38 years have passed and basically everybody except Moses has died off. I can imagine that the second generation believes that right then and there, they are going to begin to take the promised land, right? Because everybody died off. I can imagine they're thinking like, oh, it's time now, you know, like it's time for us to finally get out of this terrible wilderness because that's what Moses calls it. He calls it the terrible wilderness. So it was not fun. There is nothing fun about the wilderness, but that's not what God has in mind. He doesn't have in mind for them to immediately take the promised land. I mean, that's what he said here in verse 18. Don't contend with the children of Ammon. Don't bother them because I'm not going to give you any of their land. And they're probably like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Again, like, why can't we take some land now for ourselves? (laughs) This waiting period. And God doesn't always work immediately. I mean, that's if that's one thing I've learned in my 28 years of life and I'm still learning, it's that God 
does not work in the time period that I expect him to work in. He just, he never does. But it's always good timing for the things that I've had to wait for in the past and am currently waiting for. I keep telling myself it's all in God's time. Right now I'm struggling with the fact I I don't often air my personal opinions and uh, personal laundry on the podcast, but I am not getting pregnant <laughs> and it has been seven years since I have married my husband. And like I'm, we're seriously considering kids and have been for a while. And that's something that I am struggling with is the fact that I'm just not having a baby. And I keep asking God, I'm just like, man, I'm sick of this waiting period. Like I, I want to have a baby, but um, that's not happening right now. I guess this hits kind of close to home. I imagine that the, the children of Israel at this point, after 38 years, are like, oh my goodness, let's go here. Let's, let's take this promised land, right? But then God says, no, you're not going to take this land from the children of Ammon because that belongs to Lot. I promised that land to them. Then Moses goes into the Rephium again. I don't know if you guys remember that. We talked a little bit about that on Monday's podcast episode where Moses was reminding the children of Israel that the countries who were not children of God, not like the Israelites anyway, God gave them their land from the giants, the Rephium. So it says here, the Ammonites, who Israel was not allowed to contend with, which God just said here in verse 19, the Ammonites took their land from people called the Zamzumin, but they're basically the uh, Rephium. In other words, they were giants, giant people. And so giant people lived on the face of the earth back in these days because this was a while back that I talked about this. But uh, before the flood, people called the Nephilim lived on earth and they were great and tall people is what it says. And the Nephilim were basically giants. After the flood happened, they actually believe that one of Noah's son's wives who was on the ark was a Nephilim woman. So after that, of course, Nephilim people or Rephium, as they're called here, began to once again populate the earth. And so, yes, there were giants back in these days. And uh, the giants were the people that the Israelites were terrified of. They were terrified to take that promised land from the giants initially when they first went into the promised land. And then they had that great rebellion. And then Moses is once again saying all these other countries, the Moabites, the Ammonites and the uh, the Edomites, they were all able to dispossess the giants, even though they were a smaller group of people because God was with them and had promised that land to them. They were going to be able to take it. And Moses is really solidifying that point and bringing that point home that the second generation of Israelites do not have to be afraid to go into the promised land and dispossess it of the Rephium who live there, the giants that live there. They don't have to be scared because if these other God-hating countries were able to do it, then certainly Israel, who had God on their side, was going to be able to take that promised land from the giants. Now, finally, here's what it says in verse 24. He says, rise up and take your journey and pass over the Valley of Arnon. Behold, I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. And so finally, I mean, these people are just beginning to, to get a taste of that promised land, even though this isn't the promised land yet. 
Finally, the Israelites are getting a taste of God's promise by allowing them to have a piece, a small piece of their very own land, not just wandering like nomads in the desert anymore, but finally having a place to call their own. This uh, guy, this Amorite king was going to be dispossessed of his land. And we talked briefly about that in Numbers. And God says, he says, through this battle, this is, I'm going to help you. I am going to help you by not just helping you defeat this king, but I'm going to begin to put the fear of you in all the hearts of these other countries. And how is that going to help the Israelites? Well, because these other countries are going to be afraid. (laughs) So when Israel comes near or Israel tries to take the promised land, if people are already afraid of them, that's going to help them in battle, right? So that's what God is doing. He says in verse 25, today, I will begin to put the dread of you and the fear of you on the peoples who are under the whole sky, who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. They're going to be in anguish and they are going to, <laughs> they are going to be so fearful about all of this. Isn't that interesting like that God's going to do this for his people that they're going to have an easier time finally taking the promised land but yet they still have a couple more years before they're actually allowed to go in to the promised land and when Moses is relaying Deuteronomy here to his people they're about to go into the promised land we're going to see that at the end of all this Moses ends up dying and Joshua finally takes over and then in the next book the Israelites go into the promised land But yeah, just this waiting period that the Israelites had to go through and just the extra amount of waiting period too. (laughs) You know, that uh, even though everybody had died out of the first generation, like God had said, the Israelite children still had to wait for God's promises because it wasn't the right time yet. God had to lay the foundation first. And he often does that in our lives. He often is laying a foundation that we don't know about, that we have no clue about. For example, Uh, Just my story with meeting my husband, had it been any sooner or any later, I would probably have not started dating him or I just probably would not have met him, period. (laughs) And yet God worked it out perfectly, even though I was so sick and tired of waiting for a husband. And even my husband was was really tired of waiting to meet a girl that he liked. And yeah, I mean, we had to go through a waiting period. It worked out perfectly. God truly does lay foundations that we really have no clue about. And so I I just encourage you guys through this episode and just through Deuteronomy, just think about how God cares so much about his people. And he, he cares about you and me. He cares about you. And even though you're waiting for something, even though you're sick and tired of waiting, God's laying some sort of foundation for you. And perhaps you might not ever get the thing that you're waiting for, And that's okay, too, in the long run, because it wasn't good for you. And God knows that. God knows what's good for you and what is not, even if you might not realize that right now. So I just encourage you to don't give up waiting, but also just trust in God's promises for you, whether or not that thing you want comes your way or not. I just encourage you to trust in God and trust in his promises and trust that he really does care about you and knows what's best for you. 
Well, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode and that something that I said spoke to you. And if it did, please rate and review the podcast episode and tell people that it exists. Also, you're going to find all my links in the bio of this podcast episode. So if you need to know any more information about me or you want to contact me, just go over to those links, click on them and subscribe to stuff. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning in the next episode. Until then, happy listening and God bless. Oh,